0: There's a mystery to untangle Using comedy as our angle We'll reveal the quest of a special guest With a little jest movie we'll be Demystifying the expert Using laughter as our guide Demystifying the expert Till our questions have been satisfied And the expert has been well demystified
1: hello everybody welcome to demystifying the expert a show where comedians attempt to discover what a scientist or professor does all day now the plan is for you to laugh and learn about cutting-edge science one expert at a time we're experimenting today we usually gather in the lovely taylor down under of james madison university here in the beautiful and lately sunny Harrisonburg, Virginia, where we used to offer some delicious snacks and extra credit to most of our audience, but <laughs> alas, we're not going to be able to offer any of those wonderful perks anymore. Um, anyway, I am your host, Anka Konstantin. I am a scientist and a professor here at JMU. Um, um, anyway, I'm almost constantly looking for signs of accretion on to- of matter onto supermassive black holes. Uh, and I know I got into science and you're looking for laughter now, but don't go away just yet. This is not going to be a lecture. It's not going to be a quiz. I am here with a lovely team of improv comedians to deliver laughter. All while we are demystifying the science led by a new expert who's a really old friend. And of course, going to learn about the human that makes that um, Top notch science possible. From what I know, this is basically your chance to hang out with scientists and comedians at the same time because this show is serving hard science on the comedy plate. Um, I don't want to get all the hopes high, but it is going to be an amazing show. And you won't even know that you are learning because we're doing this <laughs> through a series of games, which um, I wish I would say uh, you dear live virtual audience, especially you dear live virtual audience are also invited to play with us. It just we just don't didn't figure out how we can do that anyway, if you are listening to the recording of this show later on, thank you so very much for tuning in on uh, either our iTunes channel or on SoundCloud where you can re-listen, of course, in case you might have missed something or wanted to make sure you have the right facts, science, scientific facts, or the right jokes, Um, and also check out other past recordings as well. So uh, without further ado, I think we are definitely, definitely ready to uh, take it away. Uh, Here is the panel of three comedians that will tackle today's expert and their science So, from the crew of locally and organically grown the one and only new and improved JMU comedy troupe who has been successfully bringing laughs to JMU and now to the whole world ever since their founding in 1998 we have tonight drum roll drum roll Quinn Rider. Quinn are you there I'm here hi Yay, all um, right. Uh, Queen is a sophomore chemistry major from the Lone Star State, that mm-hmm. could be far away as far as I remember. Uh, but don't confuse her for being a cowboy or a cowgirl. Uh, anyway, <laughs> when uh, when Queen isn't in the lab pretending to be a mad scientist, uh, you some of some of the people watching us right now might have recognized uh, that she's actually in a lab right now, uh, right. Pretending to be a mad scientist, she. So when she's not doing that, she practices the little art of the bow and arrow, uh, which is also called archery. Yay! Applauses, virtual applauses for Queen. Queen, you want to say something witty? A few words. Oh, (laughs) say something witty. Get a get a ice broken.
2: The ice broken. I am right now a STEM major, I guess. And I'm really nervous about being on this podcast and saying something stupid.
1: So that's about it. Uh, that All that nervousness is going to make things um, sweet. Let's do it. All right. Um, the second comedian. We have Stephen Porter here. Yay. And he's a senior and um, maybe... Um, Maybe people don't know him yet but he's definitely going to be somewhere out there in the limelight because like because he is a senior theater major and uh amateur playwright in his free time uh you can find him running a game of uh, D&D does that have something to do with the dragons and the dungeons
3: I uh, yes, dungeons and dragons <laughs>
1: There you go okay I'm just an astronomer what what do I know? <laughs> or playing video games or inevitably burning himself or making something to it. You want to tell us something about that? Your uh, bio I mean, says a lot, but still.
3: <laughs> I am very accident prone. It is a, a danger to everyone and myself included. It's just an absolute mess.
1: So you're a miracle child. You Indeed. You survived so far. Maybe you know things are going to go awesomely <laughs> from now on as well. <laughs>
3: But it, the night's not done, the night's not done, so we'll see. Right,
1: the day is young. Uh, that's exactly what we're going to tell to our audience, absolutely. And last but not least, we have Kat Spiragno. Spiragno? Yeah, Sparanio. you got it right. Oh, I got that. Okay, so Kat is a junior media arts uh, and design major with a passion for hot sauce. Her proudest accomplishments uh, have been so far or had a proudest accomplishment has been so far becoming a brand ambassador for Texas Pete. Uh, Kat, I'm not sure you did a good job about being a brand ambassador for that because I don't think I've heard about Texas Pete. What? <laughs> it's the best Sorry. For us. <laughs> so you got to work harder on that, how's that? we Will do. <laughs> and uh, when she's uh, not improvising, it's safe to say or assume that cat is probably taking a nap because cat's nap. Yeah, we got it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Okay. And of course, as per definition, the definition of our show, we do have a mystery scientist to demystify. And today we're very grateful to have with us Professor Klebert Feitosa, who has been at JMU as a faculty since uh, fall of 2010. After he got a bunch of degrees, research studies, appointments, doctoral and postdoctoral studies at Universidade de Sao Paulo, University of Massachusetts, Amherst, University of Pennsylvania, uh, St. Joseph's University, among other places. I also would very much like to mention that uh, Professor Faitosa has been very recently, I think last year, has been honored here at JMU with the uh, Robert's Endowment for Faculty Excellence Award for his, and I quote, caring, knowledgeable and collaborative par- partnership with students for inspiring them to believe in themselves, to take risks, to question and to enjoy the process of learning, growth and self-discovery. Thank you very much for being here with us, Klebert. My pleasure.
0: Yeah, it's 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 really exciting to be here for the first time on the hot seat.
1: That is true. Clebert <laughs> has been uh, a beloved host of this show for the past. I think we've done this together for six years now. If we mm-hmm. if we I just went on SoundCloud just to see what we have there, and we do have the kind of the first. I think the first podcast was published there was posted six years ago. So there you have it. Uh, we're kind of veterans on long journey. (laughs) Yes, yeah. So yeah, the hopes are that uh, we can continue that and people can can laugh while learning about cutting edge science. So um, I know it's hard without applauses. The transitions are going to be awkward, but we're gonna move on. So there you have it. We have a mystery science professor whose work and life are here all open for us to get demystified. Um, so before we uh, start with the games, because yes, we promised everybody games. Um, before there are before because there are going to be a lot of questions for you, Clebert, mm-hmm. um, being the experts today. We will actually start by giving you the opportunity to ask the panel of comedians a question or two or three, because we have three. So your choice, and I don't know, think on your feet or on your chair or yeah. <laughs> <It never> works.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sitting on my chair, so I'll think on my chair. Um, yeah, we have uh, you three here and uh, at different stages in your career as a college student. I would probably ask you what was the most memorable uh, thing that has happened to you in college here at JMU? Share with us.
4: I'll go first. Um, I think the most memorable thing for me was getting on to noon and Pravd. Um, I was a freshman at the time, and obviously this was before COVID, so they kind of abducted me from my dorm room <laughs> and took me to IHOP, and I was so confused and tired and in my pajamas, and it was just a great way to get introduced to the lovely people that um, I've, you know, been on a team with for the last three years.
0: That's great, Stephen.
3: Uh, <clears throat> for, for me personally, I think, uh, it was the first few weeks of freshman year, I was taking a basic acting class and within that class about every student had had some form of an emotional breakdown, not in, like a bad way, but, uh, getting, getting into college theater was just a wholly unique experience. So that was just like, a, oh, wow, this is really something else, huh?
2: i would say joining my research team and all the weird responsibilities i have now for example um i am allowed access to this like at least a few hundred thousand dollar microscope and they're just like here you go here's the groom key you can go use it don't get oil on it and i'm like okay
0: make sure you don't break it huh
2: i know it's like it'll be be a few thousand dollars to clean the oil off if you get it somewhere wrong so i'm like okay games yeah (laughs)
1: yeah thank you clever we know even more now about our comedians which is actually uh the opposite of how much they know about you right so i know that the comedians don't know squat about our expert they don't know what department he's from i didn't mention what his degrees were on what he teaches nothing right and so um because the comedians are just like any other regular student who just do their homework, ask for extensions for the homework or uh, (laughs) extra points for whatever, right? They they mock their professor, but they do not have time to think about what these professors do outside the classroom, right? As a matter of fact, actually, I do have evidence that my students at least mostly think that I'm just sitting, we're just sitting in our offices eating bonbons and (laughs) browsing, and uh, not that that is... You know, awfully wrong or not true, but I digress. So, the comedians now uh, in this game number one, which is called a 20 question style guessing game, will uh, ask about 20 questions total. Uh, we'll ask our expert questions to find out what in the world the expert is working on or spending time thinking about when he's not in a classroom. And those questions should be formulated so that the expert can answer with only yes or no answers. So take it away. Um,
4: do you work with animals?
0: No. <laughs> Darn. Do, you, do deal- you use
2: math a lot in your research?
3: Um, yes. Okay. That narrows it down fantastically for science.
2: Right, hey, or uh, game kind don't, so yeah. I'm just narrowing
3: uh, Do you deal with stuff on earth?
0: Yes.
2: <laughs> do you? Oops, sorry. Oh, here. Do we? Do just you work to... with electrostatic? Do you study electrostatic forces? No. <laughs> what is an electrostatic force?
4: that. <laughs> That's something for another day. I think
3: Quinn is going to be asking the real specific ones. <laughs> um,
4: do you work with things that explode?
0: Uh, no.
2: <laughs> Do you use microscopes with your research? Yes. Green yes. is good.
3: Do you <laughs> deal with uh, dangerous chemicals? Uh,
0: yes, with a qualifying, sometimes. <laughs> All right.
1: Okay, we can allow it sometimes or maybe. Did you <laughs> say sometimes? <laughs> yeah, <I> said sometimes. <laughs> um.
2: Do you study microorganisms? No. Do you
4: study things that are alive?
3: No.
1: <laughs> hmm. Can we narrow down the Do you study
3: lines? things that are dead? If
0: it's not alive, it's dead.
3: is that is that? I, I, I mean, like, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe there's a study of like dead birds.
2: Do you? Do you study rocks?
0: Uh, yes.
2: Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, well, <laughs> there well, must oh, be that's... a qualifying there, right? So some people may think of it as rocks.
4: Oh, okay. That's interesting. <laughs> This is kind of vague, but do you study things that are very old? No. Oh. Um,
3: I'm lost. New, new sort of rocks.
2: Uh, <laughs> oh God, I'm, I'm trying to think of what's a sort of a rock.
1: Um, do you study minerals? Think about, think about sizes.
2: <laughs> big rocks?
0: <laughs> no, not big rocks.
2: Yeah. Oh, tiny ones, all right. Um <laughs>
1: What's the tiniest rock? I'm trying to think.
3: Adam? Adam? My, my brain just keeps repeating sand, honestly.
1: Yes! That's a big Oh, why?
2: There yes. I go. There go. Oh.
0: I do study sand.
1: Why? <laughs> uh, that's not, not a just? yes and no question. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I can answer the why in just a minute. I
1: know. <laughs> Did you hear my question?
4: I asked, are you a beachologist?"
0: I would love if my lab was right in front of a beach, and we'll see why. (laughs) I have everything I need there. Are you a marine biologist? I am not.
3: (laughs) I I don't. Did we hit the twenty?
1: Are there more questions?
3: I don't know the term for sand-based.
1: Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Research
2: sand-based
1: research.
3: Yeah, (laughs) sand-based research. I I just call that like a summer vacation. (laughs) It
1: yeah. is very
0: technical indeed, right? So...
1: I think, Clebert, uh, you can, we can reveal that. Can what I go ahead a, and do it? What is a sand-based researcher? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, I study sand, but uh, sand is one example of a class of materials that we call soft materials. And uh, what is special about those materials is that they are usually disordered. You find them in large quantities, they are microscopic, and the fact that they are microscopic means that uh, they don't abide by the same rules of molecules and atoms, right? Because when they interact, it's like uh, a basketball or a tennis ball hitting the floor. It loses uh, energy every collision that they have. And uh, the fact that they are disordered makes them uh, harder to study because they are not in some sort of crystalline state in which you can use X-ray diffraction to understand how they are structured, for example. Um, and uh, they have an interesting property. They sometimes behave like a fluid and you can get you know sand in your hand and just pour out, right? So that would be like a, a, a liquid of sorts, but you can also make sand into castles And that will be like a solid, right? The transition between that solid state and that fluid state is really the most uh, important aspect of my research. And uh, sand is one example of them, as I mentioned. But I also study uh, droplets of oil and water, which uh, makes your mayonnaise. Um, so for these ones, I use a microscope as Quinn asked, right? Because the droplets are really tiny, tinier than I can actually see with the naked eye. So I need a, a microscope to do that. In fact, if you open your refrigerator, you will find a bunch of examples of other materials that have more or less the same type of properties. Let them Catch, okay.
4: <laughs> um, hot sauce. Hot
0: sauce <laughs> is an excellent example. Yeah, uh-huh.
3: I- I'm just so surprised that you can find a compare, have a field that studies both sand and mayonnaise. Yes. At the same time.
0: They are the same thing in essence. They are disordered stuff uh, made of tiny, tiny particles. They are really packed together, except that in the mayonnaise, the grains are soft, whereas in the sand, they are like little rocks, right? So they are hard. And another stuff that i use that is that you can find on your refrigerator is uh let's see would you like to guess or should i tell you (laughs) i mentioned already right Uh, uh, mayonnaise ketchup is another example one of my favorites is is material that you can qualify it as foam
4: whipped cream
0: whipped cream exactly Whippy cream is, uh, and actually, my favorite dessert is is a foam-based dessert. is mousse,
1: Ooh. passion
0: fruit mousse. Oh. is my <laughs> my favorite dessert.
1: Let's not get too hungry here. <laughs> all these things are. Hey, we can't.
0: <laughs> we can't, can't have. have I'm right? about you,
1: <laughs> right? Um, I bet we can find even more examples of this. Um, <laughs> Special, um, soft materials, materials, right? Yeah. I was actually trying to avoid that word, but sure. Um, so it's not um, on the
0: list there. So that's fine.
1: It it is on another list, but that's all right. (laughs) 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 Okay. Um, so we can do that by exploring, um, some of the, um, media headlines, right? So, uh, you know, there are all kinds of articles about, peculiar things that happen in a world, and it turns out that they actually have a lot of science that we might need help from the expert to be explained, of course, after uh, the comedians help us uh, get a kick out of them, right? So um, here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to read a, uh, a headline, but I'm going to leave a blank or two in, the, in it, so you're going to have to guess it. Okay. And of course, um, you know, for, for my comedians here on our, our Zoom, I can even, um, the new headline that we're going to have to guess. So it sounds like this After blank, blank, peach drop experiment finally caught on a video. And that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, from The Verge. That was in July 2017. So after blank, blank. Pitch drop experiment finally caught on video. I'm going to guess sandstorm.
3: <laughs> Am I close? No. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, my guess is tidal wave.
0: Tidal wave. Oh, interesting. No. Is that close? <laughs> no, it's not.
2: Oh, man. Okay. Um, I have a heat <laughs> yeah.
1: here.
0: There's a hint, yeah. Oh, a hint.
1: And, a number. The first blank is a number. So we have after, number, blank. Oh. Pitch drop experiment finally caught on video.
3: That's got to be a ridiculous number of attempts, right? Like 20 attempts or something? 20
0: attempts. Oh, that's interesting. Hey. <laughs> and in fact, that's not the answer, but it may be very close to reality. <laughs> it's not the it's not the actual headline, but it, it may be very close to reality.
1: <laughs> after three years. Close. Hey, after you, fa- you long found long the second to, word. Long to is guess. So second after.
3: word is years. So the, so the ten one years. we have to figure out is numbers.
2: No, yeah. give it a try. How many try. years, right? After 10 years.
3: No. Nope. Not oh. 10. Can, can we have like a range? Like, is this a one to a hundred? Well, it's more <laughs> than 10. <laughs> more than 10? Oh, that just leaves so many numbers.
1: <laughs> well, There's
3: can, an infinite <laughs> amount of numbers. Yeah, we, but
1: you, we can, you can find a number that could be, you know, a cap. Like, the expert can tell you if the number you're looking for is less than the other one. There After one billion... Yeah.
2: Well,
0: it's less than 1 billion. 1
2: uh, <laughs> million? Uh,
3: million?
0: That is very helpful. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Uh, safely doubling it, if I say after 20 years. Uh,
0: it's it's more than
3: 20. Like 100. substantially more like.
0: <laughs> after well,
2: 25 years. How many, cat? 25.
0: It's more than 25.
1: After 1 times 10 to the 5th.
0: Years. <laughs> That's less.
3: That's less than that.
1: <laughs> but we definitely narrowed it down.
3: <laughs> oh, okay, uh, yeah. There's still a lot of numbers.
1: OK, 50
2: so years? How many? What did you say? 50?
3: It's still more than 50. Oh, oh.
2: 75.
3: Isn't is it OK? Uh, to cut out some numbers, is it minimum triple, like above triple digits or above? It's below triple digits. Okay, <laughs> okay cool. That that clarified that, exactly really how the it, scientists
1: right? work. Even yes. you nailed it. Quinn you need was to look.
3: overshooting it by you quite need a to bit. look
1: for the order of magnitude. That's exactly there you how it go. works. That's uh, great.
0: And Kat's last guess is the closest actually. Ooh,
1: so okay. far.
3: Uh, I'm gonna go for 80 years. 56
2: 50 years. 50
0: <laughs> Fifty-six. Yeah, uh, it's more than fifty-six.
2: Is it sixty-five? <laughs> Closer. Closer. It's still oh.
0: more than sixty-five. Uh, I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> it's sixty-nine.
1: Nice. Wow.
2: Nine.
1: Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So, Clebert, tell us what's so special about that sixty-nine, and well, what, look, what, you, what do you? This is this is the, the longest
0: about? experiment, uh, continuously running. in in history. Okay. And the experiment is uh, a funnel in which people put bitumen and uh, at the end of the funnel, uh, the bitumen essentially is dripping. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like if you put some, let's say you put honey in a funnel and you get drips coming off of it. Right. Except that Each drop comes off once every 13 to 15 years. (laughs) It flows so slowly that since the beginning of the experiment in the 1930s, only uh, about a a dozen of of those uh, drops had come out. And uh, in in 2013 was the last time that happened when they put this uh, uh, news there. And it was the first time they actually caught that thing in video. <laughs> and you can actually go and Google that and see the video of the drop coming out, but it goes super slow. So um, why is that inter- interesting and what is related with my research? Well, it turns out that uh, you know, water flows, right? And honey does and honey behaves just like water. But if you put honey on the fridge, the viscosity of honey will grow. It it gets more viscous and uh, it's harder for you to spread on the bread and so on. Now this is a material whose viscosity is so high that the the time it takes for it to flow, it's on the uh, scale of decades. So it is as if you are running everything in slow motion, very, very slow even the drop you see the drop forming takes days for the drop to actually detach you know makes that neck but the neck is still there until finally boom, breaks the neck and falls off so it's a very very cool experiment that is continuous it's still running there you can actually go on youtube and see but uh unless you run it super fast the video it's super boring to watch (laughs)
1: So people model mathematically, like when the rupture happens and yeah, they, how long it takes.
0: And Yeah, there is, uh, because there have been uh, about a dozen drops that came off, uh, they they have an idea on average how long it takes. So between 13 and 15 years, you should expect the next one to come out.
4: <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> is <Isn't> that
0: crazy? <laughs> and uh, so... And and I mentioned this, but there's something interesting about those super viscous materials, right? You know, the glass that you have on your window. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard that this is actually a fluid and not a solid? I don't know if you have ever heard that. So it turns out that glass is a fluid of super high viscosity, so high that it takes millennia to actually flow. So... um, Because the time scale in which the flow happens is so long, it's very hard to hire undergraduate students or or graduate students, for that matter, postdoc. They will graduate before you see anything happening, right? So you have to find other ways to understand those materials that flow on those long, long time scales. So another material that behaves more or less the same way are the emotion systems that look like mayonnaise for us, right? and uh, the the granular systems that we have. They have a transition to a glassy state that is similar to the transition that you have on the vitreous glass. If you take uh, the silica that makes the the glass uh, that is in your window, when you heat heat it up very high, like a thousand or more degrees, it is actually a liquid. But when you take it off, it hardens relatively fast, right? So with a small change in temperature, the uh, viscosity skyrockets and goes like 10, 15 orders of magnitude in a very short window of temperature. And that nonlinear behavior, right? That super huge spike in in such a short uh, range is what it's really where the, the physics is and where we are, you know, within puzzled and studied this for a long time. In fact, the glass transition of glass is one of the oldest puzzles in condensed matter physics. So, nobody really knows if you wait long enough if the if the glass on your window will eventually sag and, you know, form a puddle at the end because nobody has waited long enough. So there's oh, this yeah. question, is it truly a fluid or is it not? And there's is, there isn't really a way for you to test it. So
1: oh yeah fascinating <laughs> i I'm glad we uh, we talked about this drop pitch drop experiment because i I think I almost forgotten about this uh I, it is yeah. awesome.
0: You yeah. should check <laughs> Google it
1: so why don't we try um I don't know how quickly, but we can try it's only one blank now, so um the third and the last um, headline here, so what do we have it's coming from uh, SciTech daily um the story was posted on December 15 uh, last year, so just a few months old. Um, and it sounds like this Space travel challenge solved with blank sand.
2: <laughs> Put that out there. Last. No,
0: it's not sand. This, oh. this, is, this is a curveball.
2: <laughs> Mayo.
0: Whipped cream. No. <laughs> Uh, hmm. This would be hard to guess because we yeah. haven't spoken about it at that's all true. Yeah, we can
1: we can try some <laughs> hints like what what that thing is made of usually
0: yeah uh, it's it's another very mundane material
1: that you
0: that you make it into a specific shape
3: yeah. <laughs> that's, a that's specific the specific
1: material that you make it into a specific shape. Yeah. What would that material be? <clears throat>
3: Sorry, my, my immediate gut thought was that space travel challenge solved with, like, Play-Doh.
1: <laughs> That's Let's a go. great guess,
3: but it's not the answer. <laughs>
1: um, try something else that the kids love to play with. Play? <laughs> not it's clay.
0: Not clay. It's <laughs> not clay.
1: Science is all clay.
0: It's not clay.
1: Clay? No, it's not clay. Yeah. Legos.
0: Hey. That would be the fantastic, hint. wouldn't it? <laughs> the
3: first Lego model rock or first Lego rocket, uh,
0: <laughs> the first Lego rocket, yeah. Well, uh, that challenge, uh, we get inspiration on an old Japanese art.
4: <laughs> my, that's a good hint. Oh, nice, like,
3: yes, yeah. origami. we got it. Origami. got it. Got it. Wait. So
4: this
0: is, yeah. Now, what is the relationship with sand, right? You're going to ask.
4: <laughs> I... Oh, because, no, wait, no, you can't make paper out of sand. Um, <laughs> <Hey>. I'm lost.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is, uh, to tell you the truth, this is a new area of research that I have uh, embarked on a few years ago, uh, oh. mostly by the influence of a colleague. <clears throat> That is also a soft matter scientist. And uh, the um, origami is one of those fascinating things, right? You take a a sheet and you uh, fold it in special ways, and it, it, it gets not only, it doesn't not only make interesting shapes, but you can actually get interesting functionality out of it, right? So you can make origamis that uh, may pop up if you do a little thing to it, right? Or they may uh, 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 change their shape naturally if if you uh, apply stress in different places. And the cool thing about origami is that uh, you you usually start with one sheet, one simple thing, and you make a very complex uh, uh, stuff with it by just, you know, folding and, and uh, uh, making that into some interesting uh, combination of steps uh, when you fold. Now, this specific, um, this specific headline uh, talks about how people figure out how to use uh, a uh, origami shape to create a bladder that pumps fuel into rockets. And uh, in the past, NASA has tried to use balloons to do that. And you, I don't know if you know that uh, uh, is used on rockets. It's very, very cold. It's in cryogenic temperatures, right? So the, it's liquid hydrogen and liquid oxygen and so on. And every time they try to use a bladder, uh, the bladder would crack and, and uh, you know, uh, fracture. So they, they were never really very successful into doing that. And those guys figured out that if you do an origami-like with very sh- uh, uh, thin uh, uh, material, it would not crack, and you can get a, an actual bladder that would survive the cold temperatures of, of uh, liquid uh, hydrogen and, and liquid oxygen and so on. So that's that was the breakthrough. Uh, um. So... <laughs>
3: <clears throat> so, an extra bonus, it looks like a beautiful swan as well.
0: <laughs> there you go. And, the, uh, and the, the cool thing about origami is that it's also a soft material, right? Made of a... Uh, uh, you start out with something that has essentially two large dimensions and one dwarfed dimension, right? Which is a piece of paper. And as you fold, you create this 3D object that has very interesting functionality. There you go, soft matter for you. Good job, people.
4: That's fascinating, it's really cool. I'd love to see a picture of um, one of these origami bladders.
0: They, uh, yeah, well, you could share, I can, I can share a link uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> later to you. Uh, pay, yeah. The people watching on, on um, Facebook could uh, perhaps just type space travel in origami and get the picture of the, of the bladder that they created.
1: So why don't we unfold this here <laughs> uh, now with our next game. Um, so the comedians will, um, will basically take it on their shoulders to figure out what that all is scientists talking about. Cause you know, language of scientists has a lot of, kind of actually a vast vocabulary of specialists and uh, technical terms and it also has a certain amount of jargon which include commonly used phrases which are part of the culture of you know this scientist or that and um, they might mean different things you know for for specific types of, of science than they mean in your everyday life. So the word is plateau
4: borders. Yes. And I'm going to guess that has to do with soft materials and maybe like mountains.
0: Nope. <laughs> but it's a good guess.
2: <laughs> Am I allowed to guess one now?
0: Of course.
2: I would like to guess force chains. Um. So these are chains you use to... Get students to come into your class today. Um, and um and, especially when they're really sad about their grade. And there's like, no, of course And chains, keep them you know.
0: tied to their yes. to the chair. I,
2: especially also they're used in the libraries, like you put in a few quarters to like keep a chain around your legs so you don't run away from your own homework. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I need I one would, of those. I
0: would happily use one of these.
1: I know, all, all of us <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, um, good guess, Gwen, is not quite that. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. I see a new market is all I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: I, I'm tough, both Plateau Border and uh, Horse Chain both are like, Plateau Borders makes, I, I mean, like my first thought is like two mountain ranges right next to one another. <laughs> that, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> enforced change it sounds like a star something from star wars
0: <laughs> hey great guesses but uh when we speak about these these is not what comes to my mind
4: <laughs> um jamming that's what students do before a test huh. <laughs> and maybe in your look
0: feet. You are not too far from the truth because you are trying to jam all of that knowledge in your brain right before the test, right?
4: So for your field, would it be like jamming sand or like particles in
2: somewhere?
0: Correct. You are trying to push them and fill the space with them and they jam, right? Yeah. And and, uh, we use it more in the context of stopping the flow. Right. Like we use it on Traffic Jam mm-hmm. uh, and less in the context of and also in the context of filling the space as much as possible.
4: All right. <laughs> Can you give us hints on plateau borders and plateau
0: borders? This one would be almost impossible for you to guess. I'll tell wow. you why. That's Is you that the, the word plateau has nothing to do with what you're thinking. It's just the name of the guy who came up to the law. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, what? That what? That the good guy,
0: this is a French man named Joseph Plateau and guess what he studied he studied bubbles okay
4: oh
0: and uh when you put two bubbles together imagine that I'm bringing two bubbles together they when when you put them together they form they come in contact and you if you press them together they will form a film that will separate them right So this is, we call a a face on lingo, right? The bubble lingo will be the face of the bubble. If I bring a third one and put in contact with the other two, there will be now a face with number one and number two, right? But where those faces meet, they will form a tiny little channel and that channel is called a plateau border. It is through these channels that the liquid of a, fo- a foam actually drains down. So when you, uh, let's say, take a little bit of soapy water, put it in a bottle, shake it up, it will fill with foam all over, right? And the, the liquid will drain down. The, the channels through which they drain down, it's not through the bubbles, right? It's through those little channels we call those channels plateau waters, <laughs> And it's in, in honor of this guy, Joseph Plateau. There is something special also about those channels. The films, they always meet with 120 degrees of each other. And this is like a plateau rule. So you readily recognize a foam when you see one, because the foam, they, the, those lines that connect them, they always have 120 degrees, they are always 120 degrees apart. So we call this plateau rules for the plateau borders.
4: Wow, that's pretty cool. (laughs) Um, And then force chains. Um, I'm gonna guess that has something to do with like when you heat up something like potentially glass, maybe the matter kind of forms a chain which makes it more Mm -hmm. viscous. Using all my science words right now.
3: <laughs> or maybe it's like kind of same vein of using heat but forcing two different uh soft sediments together, like sand and gravel or something. Like
0: you are not far from the truth.
1: <laughs> so, they learn fast, don't they?
0: They do. So remember that we talked about jamming and so imagine that I have a salt shaker that is upside down and no sand is flowing, no no salt grains are flowing, right? Mm-hmm. Now, imagine that I take a magnifying glass and look what's happening right at the opening. I know that each individual grain can pass through the hole, but none of them are coming. And what's going on there? But what's happening is that you get uh, a bunch of little grains forming an arch that sort of... Uh, blocks the flow, right? And they are in such a way that it is perfectly dispersed to block the flow and they support all of the weight of the other grains on top. It turns out that if you try to figure out where the force is for all of those grains that are on top, instead of being distributed uniformly throughout the entire salt shaker, they are focused on a couple of chains that we call force chains, right? Mm -hmm. So some of those grains are loose on the inside, but some are under very hard pressure and they actually support a lot of weight. And um, what happens is that, um, for example, granular materials, they behave a little bit different from water when you fill a container with them. So silos, when you fill with soybeans, let's say, right? Um, the pressure on the bottom does not increase with the with the how tall the, the pile is, like water would. Right? Water, the pressure in the bottom is proportional to how much water you have on top. And the reason you don't have it, it increases it to a certain point, and then from that point on, it's constant on the bottom, even if you add more, because the walls of the silo are supporting the re, the, the the remaining weight by those force chains, they distribute uh, the weight to the sides. And that's one of the main reasons why when you see uh, collapse of silos, they rupture on the sides, which are not strong enough, right? So, um, and that's connecting with that origami problem that we talked about. So uh, a silo is like a... uh, Thin sheet put in a in a cylindrical shape, right? Mm-hmm. And if you try to uh, collapse or or apply too much pressure, you will collapse in a specific way uh, that uh, you can uh, have to as, as a person that tried to solve the problem, right? To figure out how you're gonna put that thin sheet so that it will resist all of that stress that is putting under. And there are some origami shapes that may be more if more. Uh, uh, suitable to support all the weight of the grains. I connected grains with paper now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's a lot of science, but I don't know about our comedians, but um, I think it is, it is time. We have many more. Of course, the experts provide quite a long list of jargons and acronyms, which they love. Uh, <laughs> If people want to hear about some more, uh, we can write love letters about them for sure. <laughs> uh, so let us know. Um, so, uh, But um, I think it's a pretty good time to move on and sure. um, um, and find out a bit more about the human behind all this beautiful science that, uh, you know, Professor Feitosta produces for a living. So the next game, which is, Two truths and a lie will um, will reveal us a little bit about him. Um, just to, to whet your appetite for what comes next, uh, and also uh, for you to check out our podcast series available for free on iTunes and SoundCloud, um, whatever or whatever you find your your podcast. Uh, Previous shows demystified a nuclear physicist who is a world champion at showing guppies or a string theorist singing Bohemian Rhapsody or a geologist who, guess what, passed his first semester of college with a whopping GPA of 1.04. Or an astronomer who may be as well called the Trump of Charlottesville. So go, go check them out. Or a chemist who was banned from Walmart. We have wonderful stories, wonderful stories. So let's see what we can reveal about Klebert. Um This particular little game runs like the following. So we gave the comedians two sets of three facts about Clebert's past personal career-related life um of which for each set two are real and one is a lie that we made up so comedians obviously will help us find identify that lie so uh the stage is yours and actually uh yeah from now on it's gonna be a lot yours Uh
4: Uh, (laughs) uh, all right away so i'll read the first fact um number one In one of his travels, Dr. Feitosa found himself in New York City the day that the wreckage of the World Trade Center became open to visitation for the first time. He spent five excruciating hours nearly freezing in one line, sorry, freezing in line in the windy streets waiting for his turn um, in the viewing platform. Right before his turn, Mayor Giuliani arrived with his entourage to visit the site. It was a remarkable experience to see the ruins with the mayor of New York.
2: As a postdoc, Dr. Fetosa went to Charminet in France for a winter school about bubbles and foams. On the first day of the school, Dr. Fetosa took a stride to the nearby ski station, but to his great misfortune, fell on ice, broke his wrist, and had to wear a cast during all the 10 days of meetings, frustrating his plans of skiing in the French Alps for the first time in his life.
3: All right, and finally, in the summer of the year 2000, Dr. Feitosa took a trip to Europe to celebrate the new millennium. There are many highlights of this memorable trip, including attending the final of the UEFA Euro Cup in Brussels, celebrating the French Open won uh, by famous Brazilian, tennis player Guya in the streets of Paris and seeing the Pope in person in the Vatican. Talk about a busy trip. Oh my god.
4: I'm gonna... I don't know what you guys are thinking, but I think mine about the um, New York City one is might be the lie. I
2: feel like that's almost too like unique to be alive i feel like it's going to be something really small in either mine or Stevens. like he didn't break his wrist he broke his ankle or something like that you know oh that's a good <laughs> point
3: I, I i'm definitely leaning towards b i feel like making uh, meeting the pope in person is just so out there that it had to have happened
2: he it's just, saw like, the pope he didn't meet him oh okay still seeing yeah. the pope
3: in person like that, that's, that's so wonderful. specific. It feels weird for it to be made up. All right.
4: I think I agree with you, Quinn. I think maybe B is the lie, and maybe he didn't break his wrist.
2: Yeah, I think it might be mine. I think he broke your ankle, Dr. Fatosa. <laughs> Were we right?
0: No, you are not. What? <laughs> I no. actually broke my wrist when I was in Chamonix in France for a... Uh, Winter school on bubbles, and bubbles.
4: <laughs> I knew the
0: school was real because
4: of oh. plateau. Oh. Yes,
0: <laughs> the school is real. And it was really frustrating because I was really looking forward to skiing in the Alps. And I was walking around with a cast on my left hand. And uh, taking a shower was hard. Oh. To go to eat, I had to go down this hill. And it was icy. I had to go backwards because I couldn't hold on my hand on a cast I had to hold with the other hand I had to go backwards um, to hold oh it my gosh. and then uh eventually when I came back to the U.S. they had to actually do surgery on my wrist because it was not healing right oh, <laughs> man.
4: So it was very frustrating that's rough so which one's the lie
0: well the lie is the the trip to Europe uh, ah
2: Stephen ah, you're right ah, Stephen ah, oh, so, so I confident. actually did
0: I actually went to Europe in 2000. Mm -hmm. And, but here's what happened. Uh, The, that cup that I mentioned there really did happen in Brussels, but I did not go there to see it. It was just a hassle for us because we couldn't get a train out of Brussels because too many people were there for the final. (laughs) And then when we flew back to, to the U.S., someone said, hey, do you know that this Brazilian tennis player got the French Open, won the French Open? I was like, oh, I did not know. And I was in Paris that day, so I couldn't celebrate. And we did go to the Vatican, but the Pope was not there. <laughs> so it was like all the opposite. Dang
2: it. I'm sorry, Stephen. Did yeah,
3: I, right. right. Oh, my God. You were just listening to me being con- so <laughs> confident, so wrong. <laughs>
1: Uh, Yeah, lots of adventures. So uh, uh, time to actually for our comedians to go on their own uh, adventure because this is their kind of- Time to shine. Yeah, (laughs) they're definitely their time to shine. So we have the fortune cookie game here where the comedians will put together a skit um, for your great pleasure while using prompts. Uh, from us, which are famous quotes about science and particularly about sand, foam, origami, stuff like that, that we discussed today. So uh, I'm going to plant some of these cookies uh, a few at a time. Uh, but hey, that's it. The stage is yours, Kat. All right. Um, if you guys me. don't
4: mind turning off your guys's cameras, um, let me see if I can get the perfect so that they'll just see us um all, righty. all right so um we'll be doing a short scene as Anka said um and the suggestion is I guess are we in a study group yeah or... study group okay
3: yeah
4: sure um <sighs> Man, guys, I'm in big trouble because I I did not study for Doctor Fayetosa's exam, and I I should have used the four sit chains at the library, but I, I totally didn't have any other quarters on my hand.
2: Well, I mean, you know what you say, Kat? It isn't the mountain the head that wears you out; it's the grain of sand in your shoe. So yeah, really, it's like kind of all your your fault. You didn't study. I mean. Mm-hmm. Well,
3: I mean, I mean, it's not entirely our fault. Look at look at the the review. The questions on here are ridiculous. What can you do with a paper of a piece of paper and a motor?
4: What well, well, can I open and stuff is that? I have an idea. If we aren't able to get a good grade on the test, why don't we bribe Doctor um, Fetosa with his favorite moose?
2: passion fruit moose, Anyone? Could work. Yeah. I wonder if I'm if Campus Cookies would take requests because like, I don't know where we get that. Any <laughs> they had sorbets a lot, I could like, you know. Yeah, um, but, but you know, not, nothing is built on stone. All is built on sand, but we must build as if sand were stone. So let's look up a recipe for this moose, okay? Because um, we're definitely failing this test, like that's happening. Yeah. So we gotta, you know, brown nose.
4: You're a smart cookie, Quinn. You have more folds than an origami convention.
3: All right. Uh, I got the recipe up online, and it just says when you blow away the foam, you get down to the real stuff.
4: Okay, so we'll um, get the foam ready, and then we
3: blow it away? We, yeah, we have to blow right off.
4: Well, I heard Dr. Fetosa talking in office hours, and he said that, um, you know, yeah, well, he actually said this really funny joke. He said, what do you call an hourglass with no sand in it? A waste of time, Um, which I feel like is making a moose for him. So maybe we should actually study for the content for the final. Um, But that being said, I also heard him mention that ketchup and mayo are also soft- materials and they work very similarly to sand and funny enough um similarly to
2: glass <laughs> okay kat that's like really um useless information at all that might be a bonus question or something so uh thanks for nothing almost um why don't you go start in the desert actually like you're really not helping here hmm? okay all right okay,
3: guys um, <clears throat> Tearing the paper means you've stopped believing in the infinite possibilities of a square. We are ripping our team apart here. Make a moose, don't make a moose. Go starve in the desert, cat, don't. Like, we need to work together. We need a plan. And I think I have it. We write our test with Fruit Moose.
2: We Instead, write the test with Fruit Loops.
3: Yes. That way, it's both correct answers and a bribe.
4: That's a good idea. That's true. Um, That's true. Jumping off that idea, we could always just tear the test in front of him because tearing the paper means you've stopped believing in the infinite possibilities of a square. Um, And I think he will notice that and
2: give us extra credit, right? I mean, yeah. I, I think he would. He's pretty into those, um, that kind of stuff. I mean, fractal geometry is everywhere, even in the lines drawn in the sand. It's the circle of life that kids come in and bribe him and mm-hmm. barely pass his class with a C or a D, but. It's, it's really weird life.
3: to call it the circle of life and also talk about all the lines, isn't it?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you guys have seen these so- in this class? I got an A+. Wait, why did you get an A-plus with all that glass talk? Because I go to office hours.
3: Uh.
4: When are
2: office hours? <laughs> Tuesdays
4: and Wednesdays, I assume. But I assume. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, Dr. Fetosa is definitely my favorite professor here at JMU. I've learned a lot, and he actually shared with me this great quote. Um, he said, a master of origami said that he tried to express with paper the joy of life and the last thought before man dies, and that really stood out to me. And um, he said that last semester when I was doing pretty poorly in his class, and I started studying more and um, going to office hours like a good student, and now I have an A plus. So maybe you guys should try, um, you know, doing a little bit of origami and.
3: Look, that that's that's just too much work for me. I my strategy for studying personally is i go up to random people on the street and ask them for help because we americans think in every country in transition there's a thomas jefferson hiding under some rock of james madison's beyond one sand dune yeah no, i
2: even has it right steven has it right we shouldn't why do we even study when we can just like bum answers off of other people That's you know i'm in a wild mood tonight I want to go dance in the foam. I want to hear the banshees calling. I don't want to be here studying anymore.
4: Well, um, I think that's my oven calling. Um, I'm making a meringue pie. And funny enough about meringue, it's nothing like a meringue is really nothing but a foam. Um, and what is a foam, after all, but a big collection of bubbles? Speaking of which, Dr. Fetosa went to a bubble convention, funny enough, in France. Um, but anyway, back to the bubbles. Um, and what is a bubble? It's basically very flimsy little lattice work of proteins dropped with water. We add sugar to this structure, which strengthens it. But things can and do go wrong.
2: Like, my I membrane that's burning. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I guess Pat, I threw that away. I can see you reading off your hand right now. I know you didn't memorize that. I know you're just trying to act smart in front of all of us. <laughs> Steven, how about you and I go break our wrists? Because I know Dr. Fatosa would be sympathetic to us.
3: Infinitely better idea. I'll be honest. All I've really <laughs> learned from this entire thing is... Bribery is a bad idea. Go to office hours, but don't. And meringues are actually just kind of sand piles.
2: Yeah, pretty I much. I think breaking
3: my wrist here is just going to be the way better option.
2: It's the way to go.
4: Well, yeah. so much for our jamming. Um, thought we were trying to get more information in our heads, but it turns out the information's everywhere and nowhere. Um, is... Um, there anything else we can do before the test you think, or do you think we're pretty much doomed? I mean, you
2: guys are doomed. I have an A in the class. Um, I do the
4: extra credit as well.
2: You know, I honestly would rather watch um, glass drip over the next billion years than be here for a second longer. So I'm just gonna say that like.
4: Fair enough. Well, um, speaking of things that drip, uh, I have to go right now because I want to see um, the pitch drop, and it's going to drop in, like, 15 minutes, and it's the first time since, like, 2021. 20, well, I don't know. It, it happens every 13 years, so it's been a while, needless to say. So I got to
2: go for that. <laughs> Nerd. Yeah, you're
3: going to be weighing another, like, 68 years. Somewhere between 50 to one to the power of 10 years to figure it out you'll find out what one is eventually
4: well have fun repeating this class next semester because i know i'm getting an a sorry i can't help you study gotta go
2: i'm so done with our cookies
3: no good grief
0: Great job. Very good. Excellent.
2: I (laughs) hope you have fun. How do sessions normally go?
0: (laughs) Of course.
1: (laughs) I liked it. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Very good. Of
1: course, we can't throw chairs like we usually do, right? A
4: little more creative on Zoom. So, is there really that much dessert and food involved in your work, Dr. Fetosa?
0: Look, uh, pretty much everything you eat at some point was either a foam or a granular material. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Coffee was powder, uh, ice cream is a foam, and there you go. <laughs> There's flour, grains, all kinds of stuff. And the applications to the research are vast and wide, right? Mm-hmm. Many industries, they have to handle granular materials as they make you know the, the, the stuff that they they do at some point transportation, packing, and so on.
4: Mm-hmm. I'll be definitely thinking of your research next time
1: I'm licking an ice cream cone on the beach. <laughs>
0: there yeah. you go.
4: You're
1: right. You I'm, uh, yeah, so for, um, sorry to interrupt. Uh, we do have one, more, one last thing to ask of our panel of comedians. Just before we close shop here, uh, we want them to think about and kind of summarizing What is it that they learned from today's discussion? And while they think about that and they're going to share that with us in a few minutes, I'm just going to, um, you know, um, we need to be grateful for who makes possible uh, these kind of shows, uh, especially when we had some delicious snacks and and other things. But these programs like this are actually possible. Thanks to generous support of people who understand the power of educating the world on how science works and why it matters, and for this we're very grateful to particularly Mr. Edward Rice, who is a member of the JMU Board of Visitors and um, offered us uh, money for uh, you know uh, recording, editing, putting it out there, you know paying the SoundCloud to, to store our um, our recordings and also to the physics and astronomy department at JMU as well as the college of science and math. And we'd also like to mention that this program was uh, inspired very, quite a few years ago uh, by the show You're the Expert which you should definitely also check it out on iTunes or SoundCloud. Uh, But obviously not before uh, you all exhaust our programs offerings of course so just search <laughs> for demystifying the expert it's easy to find uh, and you can go the extra length and if you like what you heard tonight and you know you can subscribe and review maybe offer a few stars for our program program so stuff like that uh, and we'll definitely we definitely want to hear from our listeners uh, yeah even with ideas or maybe have suggestions for other experts especially now that the pandemic taught us that we can reach beyond our beautiful valley for uh, for uh, yeah people who can talk about science and be excited about it so uh yeah so that, that's what i um had to say um so let's see what our comedians have learned from today's discussion who's gonna be the first
2: my favorite thing that I learned today is that glass is a fluid, and I think I'm going to tell everyone that for the next week, and I'm going to say that at parties and be like, glass is a fluid. I, wow. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. That's awesome. I learned that a
4: plateau border is not something that you would expect to deal with geography. <laughs> it is actually named after a French guy who studied bubbles, and yeah. they have 180 degrees.
3: 120.
4: 120. Oh, that's embarrassing. (laughs) No, that's
3: fine. (laughs) Uh, I learned that sand and mayonnaise have much more in common than I realized. And the the major difference between them is which is acceptable to see a large quantity of at the beach.
0: And now you understand why my favorite place in the world is the beach, right? There is sand and foam there in abundance. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now we can all go to the beach and think about all these things. Besides there you go. relaxing And do
0: research there also. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, folks. So, so much fun. Thank you so day. much. It was wonderful. <laughs> Thank you all for being here with us. Um, see you next time. Keep it up! Asking yeah. questions and Bye. kind of Bye. The answers. Bye. Bye.
3: There's a mystery
0: to untangle Using comedy as our angle We'll reveal the quest of a special guest With a little jesting movie we'll Demystifying the expert Using laughter as our guide Demystifying the expert Till our questions have been satisfied And the expert has been well demystified